Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. Listening to another episode of The Castle Chat. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of our Disney-themed podcast. Today we're kicking off our nine-part series based on the Enneagram personality types, but with a Disney twist. We're calling this the Disneyagram. Whether or not you know your type, we hope these episodes help you better understand yourself, your friends, and your favorite Disney characters. Want to experience more magic with us outside of this episode? Be sure to follow us on all socials at The Castle Chat. If you love what you hear, please leave us a rating or review on Apple or Spotify so we can continue to build this community. Are you ready to jump into the episode? Let's chat about it. Welcome to the Disneyagram. The Disneyagram. Oh my gosh, guys. I this has been something on my mind. I want to say for a year at least. It's definitely been in the works for I think over a year at this point. We were talking about this when we first started the Castle Chat. We were like, okay, at some point we have got to do a whole like series on how Disney relates to the Enneagram because we both really love the Enneagram and I'm just really excited that it's finally coming to fruition. Yeah, we're both big proponents of this particular personality typing. Um, and I I just really love how it's helped me understand myself as well as people that I love and care about. But also being able to analyze characters and their story arcs and all of that through this particular personality typing is really fun. So we hope that you guys enjoy this series. We have been studying, researching, doing all the things to prep for it. So we are ready to kick off this series. Oh yeah, we are very, very excited. I mean, me personally, I have a degree in psychology. So all throughout my time in school, I took lots of different types of personality classes and and tests and different things from Myers-Briggs to, I mean, there's, there's so many different types, but when I took the Enneagram in college and, and studied it in one of my courses, I was very blown away by how closely it represented my personality. And I think it's one of the best personality tests out there. And that's just my personal opinion, but it, I've never felt um, like I understand myself more than I do when I read through the Enneagram types and there's, it's very complex. Sometimes it can go to there's Enneagram wings on either side of your number, but we're going to break it down for you guys and kind of explain to you what the Enneagram types are, what's the test, how can we figure out what our types are, and then kind of share with you guys Disney characters that relate to those types and maybe some park tips that or trip tips that you need to know for that type. And we have follower responses as well. You guys submitted responses online on our Instagram for what your type was and how you relate to that type and your your favorite parts of it and things you wish that others understood about you. So we are going to be sharing those as well because Caitlin and I have our Enneagram types, but 
we wanted to know what yours your types were and what do you think so we're still going to have opportunities for you guys throughout this series to submit responses if you want to participate and you want to be a part of this conversation then absolutely we're going to have you guys be a part of it I think it's funny just throwing this out there when we started asking for responses through our Instagram stories. We put out a, a prompt for you guys to guess what our types are, and a majority of you guys got my type right, and a majority of you guys got Courtney's type wrong. It so was very interesting. We're going to keep it on the DL until the time comes for her to reveal what her type is, but I... I love seeing you guys' responses. I think it's funny that maybe I'm really obvious in how I am in life, but um, I'm I'm excited to kick this off with type one and um, start by giving you guys just a basic picture of what the Enneagram is. All right, why don't you share with the listeners what is the Enneagram? What's a quick synopsis? So the Enneagram is essentially a personality typing test you can take a test answer a bunch of questions and it will give you a number one through nine so the concept of this particular personality test I guess you would call it is that we as people have particular patterns and ways that we interpret the world around us um, our feelings emotions all of that good stuff and the Enneagram takes uh, our our core desires and uh, passions in life and uses that to describe who you are as a person. It's not necessarily the behaviors themselves, but it's what drives your behaviors. Yeah, it's like the motivation behind it. Right. And so a lot of this um, in the way that the types are described comes from things that happened in childhood. It's a basic need that maybe you are lacking as a child. And so you crave a particular thing which pushes your personality to do certain things so for the type ones we're going to kick it off and um, tell you about that in just a minute but the Enneagram as a whole like I said is nine types those nine types are divided into separate categories on um, head heart and body and then each of those types has a core desire a core passion fear all that good stuff so we'll break that down as we do each of these episodes but court tell us a little bit more about that division between the specific types okay yes i will mention that in a second before i mention that i will say there's a really good book if you would like to learn more about your type it's called the road back to you it's a really good book it's chaptered um it has nine chapters in it and each chapter is the different types so that's how i um Um, kind of figured out what type I was. I didn't really want to take a test. There are lots of online tests that you can take as well, but you can also take the approach of listening to all of these episodes and figuring out which one sounds the most like me. Most of the time when you hear your type, you're like, that is me. No doubt about it. Like it's very obvious. I know there have been some people that kind of swing back and forth between a couple numbers. If they're, um, if their personality kind of is strong in both wings i would say um but there are many ways to figure out your type but like caitlin said there are kind of three categories within the enneagram the heart the head and the body types so 
our body types are numbers eight, nine, and one, type one, which we're talking about this evening. And the body types actually depend on their instinctual intelligence to follow their gut and respond to threats and opportunities. So those three numbers kind of group together in that section. Then we have the heart types, which is types two, three, and four, and they depend on their emotional intelligence to understand their own reactions and connect with others. So they're very heart driven. And then the head types are types five, six, and seven. And these depend on their intellectual intelligence to make sense of things and navigate the world around them. So it's really about when something big happens in your life, where do you feel it first? Do you feel it in your heart? Do you feel it in your head? Or do you feel it in your body? And that, for my type, it, it makes total sense. I'm not revealing my type yet, but it does make total sense of what type I am based off of the heart, head, and body. So... I thought that was a pretty good explanation for our first episode here. We're going to jump in and explain to you guys more of what makes up a type one. What are the core aspects, the motives, the fears, the inner child, etc. Like what we have to share with you about type one, the perfectionist. Yes, type one is, so the Enneagram, if you look it up, is there's a diagram that goes with it. And so there are nine points in this diagram and all of the numbers somehow connect to each other, which is another aspect of this Enneagram personality concept that I love. It doesn't put everyone in a box. There's some way that each number kind of leans one way or another. You can move to be closer to a particular number when you are in a positive space, or if you're in a negative space, you might move towards another number. There's a bunch of things that if you are absolutely unfamiliar with this whole Enneagram thing, this vision and diagram that is the core explanation um, in terms of how the numbers relate to each other is really helpful. So we'll put that up on our Instagram and on our stories so that you guys can um, get a visual as well. But the type ones, the perfectionist or the reformer um, is somebody who has the core motivation to be good. They want to be honorable. They want to live a life of purpose and they want to seek to do things in the way that is quote unquote right they have a very black and white perspective of right and wrong they have a very strong moral compass and they want to live a life that improves the world they are constantly wanting to better um, things around them and do it the right way the the seemingly right way Um, and they are very driven motivated people That's a great way to explain type ones. I have a lot of type one friends in my life. Um, They are typically my type of friends that I know if I need someone to make a good judgment call, I can go to them. They will know uh, what to say, what's, what's a good response. They also are probably my most organized friends. They have, I mean, they have their crap together and I, I love this about type ones. Everybody needs a type one in their life. Yeah, I agree. I uh, have family members and friends that are type ones and there is something really inspiring to me about um, the type one. They do fall into that body type. Like Courtney was saying, they are led by their gut, not their emotions. Um, And you will come to find out later on that I'm not not that way. Um, And so when there's something that I want to do or feel like I should be doing this, it's based off of my emotions. um, And the ones are able to remove their personal emotions, their 
personal way of thinking and say, you know what, this is wrong. And even though I feel this way, we're just not going to do it. Um, or the opposite of, you know, I know that what I want to do is not the right thing. And the right thing to do is this, uh, let's remove all emotions from this and just move forward with what the right thing is. Yeah. I mean, I, there was a time when I, I thought that I was a type one spoiler alert. I'm not a type one. And there are things I think within each number that I definitely relate to. And I think that's the purpose of the Enneagram is that we are such well-rounded individuals that we are going to see things pop up in each type that we relate to. But there's typically one that, that stands out more than the rest. For me, I, I do often leave with my gut, but I'm also a very emotional person as well. So it's, it's tricky for me. And I, I feel like I'm also, I'm just everything. I'm the, I'm the head, I'm the heart and I'm the gut. I'm just all of it. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think again, like you said, that's kind of the point is that each of the types can lean towards uh, a different one that maybe isn't your main core motivator. I think for me with the Enneagram, the fact that there is a core motivation is what really helps me sit in my type and be like, yes, that truly is the reason why I'm doing any of these things in my life. Yeah, definitely. For the one, their motive is to do things right, do things well, and their fear, their main fear is to be wrong and to be imperfect. They do at at all costs. They do not want to do something that's wrong, that's going to mess things up, that is going to be seen as the wrong decision or a morally wrong decision. I feel like maybe a lot of lawyers are type ones. Mm. That that seems like a like a profession that would go really well with this type. Yeah, because you have to be able to make those non emotional judgment calls, and you're you're fighting for you know for justice, for right, and what's right and what's yeah. wrong. So I can see that being a career field for somebody yeah. with this type. Now, the their biggest fear, I would say, is is they don't want to be seen as quote unquote bad people. They don't want to be morally flawed, and they don't want to be seen as imperfect. Like Caitlin said, perfection is something that they really focus on, and so they really cope with this fear by being very disciplined and also very hard on themselves they are their own worst critic and sometimes that um that emotion can be taken out on other people and they can they can be hard on other people around them yeah i think two things that you said that i think i've seen on repeat for type ones is justice they're always seeking justice whether it be small things or big things a lot of people who have led reformation movements and sought justice in really big ways or type ones like Martin Luther King Jr. Um, would be an example of that. Um, but, uh, they're also like with the harsh inner critic and being critical, not of them only of themselves, but of people around them can be a downfall of something that they deal with in their personality type. Yeah. I mean, they, they live with a lot of pressure to not break rules and to have that type of discipline in their life. And surely enough, that is going to catch up with them at some point. And that is, you know, a fear that they have. Yeah. So with all of these different types, they have a a main emotional passion as well. And so for the type ones with this desire to critique and be perfect and not mess up, their main passion is actually anger. And it actually, unfortunately, can be geared towards themselves a lot. They can beat themselves up internally and say, gosh, why did you do this? That was wrong. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have said that. Um, And have this inner dialogue all the time, beating themselves up. And sometimes in relationships, it can be doing that of people they love too, and it can come to harm their relationships. Um, But 
Unfortunately, anger is something that these types tend to deal with in trying to manage their expectations of being perfect because at the end of the day, we're all humans and imperfection is not achievable. So for someone who is seeking perfection and to always be right and never mess up, that's nearly impossible to do. And so unfortunately, a main passion for them is to fall back on anger and be mad that they aren't achieving what they are hoping for yeah absolutely well you guys also submitted some answers for what was your favorite part of being this type we really wanted to gather that data from you guys and if you were a type one and so we do have a couple to share with you guys for the question of what's your favorite part of being a type one so kelsey said that she sees a lot of things how they could be instead of just how they are and that's a really great like way to think about like them wanting to seek um the right answer or seeking perfection they're seeing the possibilities they're seeing what's out there um to able to really guide people towards those morally um i guess good decisions yeah the concept of making the world a better place if you want to make the world a better place you can't just see it as the fallen broken world that we live in you have to see the potential that it could be more and so i think that's a really amazing aspect of how one see the world Yep. And then another follower, Ainsley, she said that she loves always being organized. It must be wonderful to literally have so many parts of your life just organized out and ready to go. I think that's a great part of um, all my friends that are ones. Yes, we also have uh, Megan who said she loves having an innate sense of right and wrong and the ability to have a strong moral compass. She also said being organized is great. Yeah, I think a lot of ones love being organized. Yeah, they're always on top of it. And I feel like that probably eliminates a lot of stress for them in maybe a professional sense or just having your life together sense. They've always got things organized and and in a row, but it's driven from, I have to be perfect. I have to be perfect. I have to be perfect. Um, So good and bad in terms of maybe giving yourself some grace at some times too, (laughs) to know that it's okay if things are a little unorganized from time to time. Yeah, I mean, it's we are not perfect people. There, there's nobody perfect in this world, and I, I feel for type ones and that 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 struggle that they have to always be perfect. And I just want all you type ones out there to know that we love you, we see you. You don't have to be perfect. Um, we accept you for exactly who you are, and and the failures that you will come across in life because we are not perfect. So we love you. Absolutely. Speaking of people that we love, Brittany, a follower of ours and friend of ours, also said that as a type one, she loves being dependable and fair. Um, Her friends come to her a lot for advice and honesty. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I said earlier. I feel like I go to type ones and I'm like, I need help figuring out this decision. Like, what's the right thing to do? Yeah, they are very quickly able to see the situation, see right and wrong and remove emotions from the scenario and just say, you know, if you want the real answer, this is what's right. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. All right. And then last, our friend Hayden said, I love how seen I feel by my struggles and strengths. I love having strong morals. So those are some responses from you guys on your favorite part of being type one. Thank you guys for submitting those. Um, Is there anything else you want to talk about, about kind of what type one is before we move on to the Disney characters that fit this type? I think as we discuss Disney characters that are 
we think type ones um, will get a better understanding of the type one. So I think we should just jump into it. Okay, great. So we have some uh, Disney characters that we researched, and then you guys also submitted some Disney characters that you feel like you relate to most as this type. So we're going to go through both, starting with the ones that we were able to research. Okay, so uh, Mary Poppins, type She's one. practically perfect. perfect in every way. Exactly. Who else would there be a type one? I also wanted to note uh, when we mentioned Mary Poppins that in my research, I also saw that Julie Andrews herself is a type one. I'm not surprised. No one, one is surprised. Bit, like at all. No I totally one. am. I, w- I would love to be in her kitchen and see how organized it is. She has always had her ducks in a row. She has known what's what since the beginning. Um, and I thought that was really funny and also perfect for her to really embody the character of Mary Poppins and mm-hmm. make it what it is to have a personal connection to the way that Mary Poppins was going to see the world. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, who else we got? So a uh, big one that I think that a lot of people would probably guess is Steve Rogers, Captain America himself. Oh yeah, the man, the myth, the legend, the butt. <laughs> he could do this all day. All day. <laughs> um, so Steve Rogers is somebody as a character um, in their story. They he, Steve Rogers starts out as somebody who wants justice anyway, despite not having the body um, or the physical capabilities to do the things that he wants to do. He wants to stand up for what's right. He wants to fight um, in battle. And there are moments where he is literally throwing himself on weapons thinking that he can sacrifice himself for the greater good um, before he even gets his strength and powers as Captain America. And so I think even from the start, without being Captain America, Steve Rogers, just as a human, without those superhero abilities, was already living in a type one mentality. And so when he becomes a superhero, it makes him that much more heroic and willing to stand up for what's right. Um, There is a lot of growth for him and his decisions to actually break rules even though the type one is somebody who doesn't want to break rules when a type one is able to step out of that and step into emotions a little bit more to break the rules for the sake of somebody else um, that is something that would signify that they're they're growing emotionally as a person Um, and so he definitely does that well for people that come across him in his story Um, and he's obviously somebody that's willing to sacrifice himself for the good of others yeah man he's a really good type one Yeah, he is, I think, kind of an easy look at what you would expect a type one to be, for sure. I think a couple other really easy type ones to point out would be White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland, Cogsworth Rabbit from Winnie and the Pooh. Like, those are some very typical type ones. You see it very clearly in their personality. Yeah, the for Rabbit and the White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland and Cogsworth, it's all like there's a way to do things. This is how we do it. We don't do it the other way because the other way is wrong. And that's how they um, live their lives as characters in the films that they're in. And so uh, I think that's a good example of that strong moral compass. And this is, you know, you don't want to wake the master. We don't wake the master. That's not what we do. Or, you know, the white rabbit saying, you know, that we have to be on time. We have to be punctual um, or rabbit with his gardening. Those are all great examples of, of characters that live in that type one mentality. 
Oh yeah, and okay, another mention here for a type one. My girl Elsa from Frozen, she lives a life where she is really pushed into perfection by her parents to hide her powers and to be a certain way and this is the right thing to do and you just need to follow what we say. But then she really, you know, grows in her character by letting go literally let it go um of that perfection and in of being perfect and she truly does become what she was meant to be all along and um i love watching this type one growth throughout the storyline it's very similar to what you see with isabella from encanto so it's it's i love how those are very similar yeah for type ones in general when we talk about the enneagram and how the the structure of the typing does stem a lot from what you experience as a child for elsa as a character we see that her parents put a lot of responsibility on her super early in life they want her to not the conceal don't feel thing that she repeats to herself there's a rule that she's not supposed to break she has to live within that rule or people are going to see her in a negative way and she has to be seen as good she doesn't want to be seen as a monster and that pushes her to have to be perfect have to always keep things in line always keep your gloves on and um whenever she is able to give herself a little bit of grace and say actually this is who I am and I'm not supposed to be covering this up. I think Elsa still has type one mentality in her character arc, um, but she's able to be a healthy version of herself instead of the fearful one that's constantly scared of doing something wrong. And I think actually a really interesting comparison in a character is Isabella Madrigal from Encanto. Yeah, like I said. Yeah, Yeah, I think that that's like a really like good comparison also i mean like i can see how that also relates to moana being told to not go near the water and to be away from the ocean so it's like another type of disney storyline where we see where a character is being held to a rule or a level of perfection to in order to quote-unquote be right or correct in the world and so i think that disney loves that storyline a little bit <laughs> they, they yeah. do that a couple of times so and i think it just goes to show like the pressure that we often receive in society from parents or from friends or loved ones where that's kind of what we are grown up to grown up with and deal with as kids which then can manifest into this larger um not issue but like part of your personality that you deal with on a daily basis because of something that happened to you as a child Yeah, it's a really interesting way to think about your personality development, um, and it does give you some sort of insight into how small things or big things that happen young at early ages, young in life, um, really do make a big impact on you for the, the long haul. So those are, are great examples of those type ones that start out with this rigid rule-based life and when they do break out of it and they do actually allow themselves to finally not be perfect in the eyes of others, that's when they become their best selves. Love that. Let's talk about some of our villains, maybe. Yes, so every type in the Enneagram can go to an unhealthy place. They can take their 
their drive to be a particular way to an unhealthy level and for the type ones when they are pursuing perfection at an obsessive rate they will do anything to avoid being proven wrong or to prove others right and they just leave a trail of destruction behind them because they truly don't care about anything other than their version of perfection and being right in the eyes of themselves not other people and so we've got a couple of examples of this court why don't you take it away and tell the people about our type one villains okay so first we've got thanos Thanos is the type of villain where he sees the world as fallen and there's so many issues with the world and the only way to fix that problem is to eliminate eliminate people eliminate options and that's the choice that that he goes with and that's his idea of perfection it's a very twisted and backwards way it's basically genocide but like I mean it's it's his way of saying, I have to fix this problem. Something has fallen and I has to be made right in what in my eyes seems right, but to us is very wrong. Yeah, and like we had said with the type ones, they are not led by emotions. They are led by for them what in their gut is the right thing. And so for Thanos as this mega villain who wants to eliminate half the population, he is totally blind to the destruction that he's causing and he literally sacrifices the person that he cares most in the world to achieve what in his mind is perfection. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a hard pill to swallow right there. Yeah. I mean, that's it's a very type one move in a very unhealthy place. Correct. Another example of this would be Frollo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, if you have not seen that movie, uh, you should definitely stop everything you're doing and go watch it. But okay, it well, we is, need to end this episode because I have not seen it. I pretty much said that for you because I knew you hadn't seen yeah. it, but it's okay. I, you know what? Actually, I think I have seen it as a very young child and I cannot recall it. I have not watched it since I have a memory of watching. It's it, a heavy... for for a child it's a heavy movie and it's actually i think an animated movie that is totally for adults i have no idea what disney's thought process was when they made that movie if they thought it was good for children but it is definitely something that as an adult when you watch it the meaning of that movie completely changes um so frollo is a priest in paris and he is, I think, a priest at the Notre Dame because obviously Hunchback of Notre Dame, that would make sense. So for Frollo, his version of perfection is not having sin. He's a priest and he does not want any sin to be around him. And there is a woman who has a child and that child is deformed. Um, and I actually think... I would have to go back and watch it. But I actually think that he has an affair with this woman and he wants to hide all remnants of his sin. And so he actually tries to kill Quasimodo, the main character of the film. And he's unsuccessful at it. Somebody catches him and then he has to raise the child as his own. Um, And he does it very poorly. And so... His version of perfection is ridding the world of sin. Um, Esmeralda is a gypsy, and in his eyes, gypsies are sinners, and so he wants her killed. And it's very dark. 
and he's very bad man. <laughs> he's very bad man. He's and very bad. It's just another example of how his desire to be morally correct and be right um, in the eyes of God actually drives him to an obsessive degree and a very mean, terrible, actually murderous degree, which makes him a sinner. So it's all it's all just a nice big circle of sin in, in <laughs> it's the Hunchback of Notre Dame. circle of sin. <laughs> oh no. God. Y'all, I hope this is entertaining to you. Anyways, <laughs> Frollo and Thanos are our type one villains for you. Oh ya. my gosh, that's so funny. Okay, let's, let's talk about some of the uh, characters that the listeners submitted. Let's see here. Okay, Megan said Cogsworth, like we mentioned earlier, needing things to be just and on time. And then Brittany said Elsa. Um, she tries to do what is right despite herself and her emotions. She's very rational. So that's what Brittany said. And then Ainsley said Merida. I like this one. A strong sense of conviction with right and wrong, trying to seek justice. I think some of these types, like some of these characters, they could go in a lot of different types, but I like hearing from y'all's perspective what, what you think kind of these, these characters are and what they rela- how they relate to you. Especially when you are that type. Yes. I'm sure that your connection and your understanding of that character um, is quite specific in terms of what you personally feel. So the types that I may have put some characters in are different than what some of the listeners may be giving us. Um, in terms of feedback so I actually love hearing from the type themselves the type ones out there um, who they connect to um, in terms of Disney characters yeah is there anyone else you want to mention for Disney characters that fit this type Um, so we also had Kelsey say that she relates to Belle Um, she imagines a beautiful world with change um, but can also be super critical of the town she's living in and Hayden said Louisa from Encanto not Isabella yeah, I, I just love everyone's perspective on things. It's so fun to learn about your type and who you relate to most. Okay, let's see here. Okay, so our last question that we asked you guys is, what is something that you wish others understood about your type? Now, the reason why I wanted to ask this question is because I feel like when you have your type, when you know you have your type, at least for me, I knew my type was my type because all I did was I focused on the negative parts that are associated with my type. And I was like, oh, people must view me this way. And I've had to learn over the years with the, with, there's a negative part to every type because, you know, we have healthy parts and unhealthy parts of who we are, is that for me, I often focus on those negative pieces and think this is how people view me. And I wish they didn't view me this way because I'm not defined by the negative parts of my type. I have value in who I am. And so I wanted to ask this question of like, what do you guys think? What do you guys hope that or wish that others understood about your type? Because you may look at a type one and you may say, oh, they're just people that are super neat and tidy and they always have to follow the rules. But there's so much more value to who they are as individuals and not just maybe a negative stereotype or um, 
part of a personality. So I wanted to just provide some background as to why we wanted to ask this question because I think it's very empowering and encouraging as you're learning about all these different types and the people that you love in your life that are this type. So um, Kelsey said that the thing that she wished others understood about her type was that the pursuit of perfection is often painful. It can be hard to hear I'm criticizing, but I need it. And I think that shows growth that it's it's hard to hear those words but it's needed and it's we all need advice and feedback on the way that we treat ourselves and treat others um, because the people around us are only giving that advice because they love us and they want to see us in our healthiest form so I love that I love that response there what else do we have um, Megan said it is not all cleaning and spreadsheets my inner critic actually makes everything harder mm, yeah I think a lot of people can can think that type ones do have it all together, but they are they are dealing with a very tough inner critic. Yeah, I can't imagine that if you're always telling yourself, you know, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. It can be a pretty stressful way to um, have your mind reeling as you are going about your day. So um, give yourself grace. That's, yes, that's grace. what we can so say. So much grace. So much grace. Yes. Okay. Brittany said, I'm not trying to be controlling, but if things aren't going to go as planned or go well, I have to fix it. Even though I love planning and organizing, sometimes I am overwhelmed and want someone else to be able to take care of me because if I, if I don't, the th- oh wait, sorry. So want to take care of me because I won't if things need to be done or people need me. And that is, that's an amazing response because type ones are often the people that are there for other people they're there to help organize they're there to help give that sound advice but they also get to a point where they're overwhelmed and they need someone to take care of themselves but they also need to know and trust that other people don't need taken care of so they can truly rest and i think that goes to show it kind of leans a little bit into type two which we'll talk about in the next episode but I can't imagine that that pressure of like, I can only rest if I know that everything is, everyone and everything is taken care of. And so I think it's enough to say, give type ones a break, like give them the grace and the break and say, Hey, how can I take something off your shoulders? I know that you're, you're quick to take a lot on. You are totally jumping into episode two with that helper mentality. I know, I know. Ones and twos. There's a reason why you can be a two wing one or a one wing two. Yes. Maybe we'll touch on wings in the next episode when we can kind of touch on that with as we move into other types. Yeah. I think Brittany is a one wing two as well. So her response makes total sense with her leaning more into her two wing. Yes. So we also have a response from Hayden that says we are a million times harder on ourselves more than anyone else we get frustrated with us the most yep that leans in again to that inner critic and then we have a response from Ainsley saying judgment isn't always meant to be something we can turn off they're always thinking about it they're always um thinking about how can I make the right decision here how can I make this right so thank you guys so much for your responses I feel like I I'm learning so much about type ones and being able to have just a deeper understanding of you guys and your types. So we really do appreciate all of your feedback. 
Yeah, I, like I said, personally have been so excited to jump into the Enneagram. There is so much Disney content out there that we could talk about, but we want to talk about you guys too and what makes all of us um, a little bit human. And I think the Enneagram is an incredible tool for empathy and understanding people that you love and care about. If you understand what somebody that you love's motive behind their behavior is it helps you better understand how to care for them how to love them and so for our type ones out there who are driven by being right being perfect it's a way for us to understand to sit with them and just say hey you don't have to be perfect in this moment who you are what you bring to the table is already enough so striving for perfection you know we really appreciate that you are these go-getters you have a strong moral compass and help guide the rest of us in a way that makes this world a better place but also take a minute and rest give yourself some grace allow that inner critic to be told hey um, I'm actually fine there's no need to critique me here um, and just just be you for a minute. So um, we love getting to to learn more about you guys through these responses, and we can't wait to do the other eight types. I know there's so many more types to go. Now, before we head to our little segments at the end of our episode, let's talk about some trip tips. What are some things that type ones would be good tips for them when they're going on a Disney trip? So for our type ones, when we are doing these trip tips, um, specifically for the Disneyagram, we wanted to give all of our listeners out there, no matter what type you are, some way to use your gifts and your strengths to make your Disney trip more magical, but also take the things that might make you lean in a more unhealthy or stressed direction while you're on a Disney trip and give you a way to balance both of those out when you are on a Disney trip. So our trip tip for our type ones is use those organizational skills and get your trip down pat, get a little itinerary out. You guys are so good at planning things out and allowing people who might not be able to see big picture as well as you. Um, you're able to you know, want to see the world in a better place. I'm sure you want to see your Disney trip in a better place too. So make that itinerary and use those organizational skills to plan out your best trip for you and your group. Absolutely. If you are if you are not a type one and you were going on a Disney trip with somebody that is a type one, you should be ready to expect the best itineraries, everything laid out, all the dining reservations, ready to go. These people are often even travel planners themselves. I mean, you're going to have a great trip because you're going to know where you're supposed to be when and you guys are going to get through that schedule. So the itinerary is definitely important for type ones. Also, for type ones, know that there is no such thing as a perfect Disney trip. There will be bumps in the road. Your schedule will sometimes get thrown off and that's okay. Have plan B have plan C if you need to. There are so many things to do in Disney that if your first option gets thrown into the bushes, then there is definitely another amazing and magical option right around the corner. So it's definitely something to keep in mind as you are planning and attending your Disney trips. But man, that was a lot of content. 
Yes, it sure was. And there is plenty more where that came from. That is for sure. We also just want to take a minute. Our trip tips are always brought to you by the wonderful Kelly from Kelly's Magical Vacations. Yes. And these are obviously particularly geared towards what we are talking about with the Disneyogram. So we just wanted to shout out our travel sponsor, Kelly's Magical Vacations. If you are looking to plan one of these Disney trips that we are talking about, be sure to head to the link in our bio to get connected with her. She can help you plan your best trip for free, no charge to you. And we love working with her. Small shop shout out. Shouting out a shop for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have even added on to the jingle because you were just killing it. No, I'm glad that you're adding on to the jingles because mine are getting dry. No, they're not. They're not. You you are incredible. Just know that. Well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. This is a dynamic duo here, though. I am only my best me because of you. Oh, my gosh. You're make me cry. <laughs> Well, we'll talk about a small shop then instead to avoid the tears. Let's do that. (laughs) This small shop is a small shop that you recently purchased a pair of ears from. Why don't you share with the listeners what company you bought your ears from? So I recently made a purchase of the unbirthday ears from wonder makes wonder makes is a shop on etsy that specializes in disney ears and i have really been into the disney ears lately that do not have bows i think we get the mini ears all the time with the bows which are so great but we love some mickey ears too um and i just saw a pair of these ears uh on instagram and fell in love and thought they were so cute so I bought a pair of unbirthday ears and they are velvety smooth and they have some rhinestone hidden mickeys on them and they're to die for they're very comfortable so you should definitely hit them up on Etsy Um, they also have an Instagram page that you can go to to see more of what they do it's at shop wonder makes Love that. Well, guys, thanks so much for spending time with us today on this episode of The Castle Chat. For now, we'll leave you with what we always leave you with, which is there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you. Go make it magical. See you real soon. Bye, guys. Bye.